We are not a self-improvement project. This is a phrase I like to reflect on in my own life as well as to share with others uh, in Dharma talks I've given. And I'd like to talk about um, some of my beliefs around this and share some thoughts with you on what I mean by this, uh, that we are not a self-improvement project. And hopefully you can take this into reflection. You can take this into contemplation in your own life to see, you know, where are we treating ourselves as a self-improvement project? And is that necessary? You know, is that necessary to actually grow, mature, um, to find more peace, happiness, joy in our life? So this is an open question. This is, this is not me um, sharing a dogma, right? I hope that's clear for those of you who um, check out my content regularly. So first off, I'd like to make a distinction between the enhancement of self on one side versus the pursuit of understanding our human predicament from care on the other side. To me, these are two very different things. Uh, one is um, where, where I may take on any kind of wellness technique or wellness strategy to, to bolster my sense of self, whatever self I'm relating to that given day, or a set of questions, a set of investigations. Uh, for me, it's usually via awareness, via meditation of my human predicament in that, in that particular moment. You know, the emotion, the thought, the relationship I'm struggling with. Um, often, you know, uh, when I'm struggling, there's fear. Uh, arising, right? So, so that's involved. And how do I relate to that? Not as something I have to get rid of or, you know, find the self that's not experiencing that, but more as something I need to relate with um, and pursue an understanding of from a motivation or intention of love and care. So to me, those are opposites, right? And so Let's, let's pull this apart a little bit more. First off, I have some questions for you to reflect on, which is, you know, when we're trying to improve ourselves, which self are we trying to improve, right? So this is an interesting question because we often believe or experience ourselves as a singular thing. Uh, we often experience ourselves as something permanent moving through time. When in actuality, when we look back to see, um, or we look back to question our life or to question you know, who we are and, and, and what makes up our sense of self, it's, it's, it's a series of a lot of things. It's a lot of different causes and conditions. It's a lot of different moods, um, thoughts, ideas, uh, often beliefs about who we think we are. I, I don't know about you, but, it, but in, you know, in my teenage years, I went through a lot of different phases of relating to different kinds of identities. Mostly they had to do with the music I was listening to or the friends I was hanging out with, you know, and, and, I must have, you know, changed identities, uh, you know, five times <laughs> in my teenage years. And actually, it, it, I mean, it was, it was painful for me because I think in that I was looking for self-improvement, but um, I was looking for belonging uh, as well. But I also was, it was painful because um, I still had this longing, this thirst for, for feeling at peace. You know, when I look back, that's not how I thought of it. But that's how I felt. I wanted peace. I mean, what does belonging feel like to us? It's a sense of peace. It's a sense uh, of, of relationship with others in the world where we can relax. So that's just, you know, a few ways I've related to it, especially early on in my life. Um, 
But of course, there, there's many ways we can relate to our sense of self. And so the first question is that, you know, what is self? And this is a big question. It's not easily answerable. Um, so I would, I would recommend just keeping that as an open question, meaning that you don't have to answer that right away. It can just be something you're looking at, you're, you're contemplating. And so from there, you know, then we can ask the, the deeper questions. You know, if, if, if the self exists as multiple things, meaning like it's, there's not this singular self, but you know, the self changes. There's different moods we go through. Um, there's a continuity of self, but that self experiences different things. And, you know, as we age, we change. We, we want different things sometimes. So how do we relate to that as something not necessarily to improve? but as something to get to know through compassion, through love, through care, and then to find uh, transformation, growth, maturity uh, from that place. So going back to my example of my teenage years, um, I noticed when I reflect back on that time, as well as throughout my early 20s, a lot of my decisions and a lot of my seeking was coming from a sense of hollowness, coming from a sense of feeling unworthy or unlovable. Um, I didn't know that at the time, but now 43 years later or whatever, uh, 23 years later, I know, right? I'm 43 now. So um, I know that's where it's coming from, right? Because I had to do the work to look at my relationship to unworthiness, my relationship to unlovability, my relationship to this feeling of hollowness that just something wasn't right and I wasn't able to find peace no matter what kind of thing I took on. So eventually, of course, you know, as some of you know, my backstory that led to encountering uh, various spiritual paths and then eventually Tibetan Buddhism. I became a monk for nine years, etc., and was able to do more practice and study, which gave me more tools to do this kind of exploration I'm sharing with you. Um, Buddhism isn't the only way we can do that, right? Uh, Buddhism itself can also, or, or any spiritual path or any wellness path can be also brought in as a self-improvement project, by the way, right? So I find this is all in our intention and how we relate to it. It's all in how we use a path, whether it's a spiritual path or a secular path, to... Um, understand ourselves. Like I said, understand our human condition, understanding what's causing hollowness, unworthiness, unlovability, or any other things we're, we're, we're suffering from, and how to shift into new relationships with our emotions and thoughts and identities around that, right? And that takes time. So, you know, I often feel like when we take on our, our emotions or our, our problems or ourself as a self-improvement project, it's often coming from a quick fix mentality where we're just wanting something to go away. We're just wanting, you know, the pain to end. And I feel you, you know, I want my pain to end too. And I, and I also want your pain to end <laughs> just because, you know, uh, as another human being in the world, I don't want you to suffer. Um, but it's not that easy. You know, if it was that easy, um, our world, our world would look a lot different, right? So often, for me, it's, it's then a question of, well, what kind of thing or path or way of working with myself do I want to put in, put, put the time into, you know, in the long term, uh, coming out of quick fix mentalities with emotional, um, shifts or growth, um, with, with understanding what behaviors are causing me 
to suffer more or causing my relationships to to not have harmony, right? So all these things are are brought in as a question, as a way of relating to ourselves and others with care, as opposed to bolstering our egos. So, so much of the wellness industry is like, I, I call it a treadmill, where we just jump, you know, we're just running in place uh, and, and going from one modality to the next, um, more or less trying to improve our ego. And, and from my perspective, what I mean by ego is this like a singular permanent sense of self. Um, it, it, from, from my, you know, understanding and experience, again, not yours necessarily, um, the, you know, ego is like a black hole. It's like a black hole of, of, of hollowness and, and aggression and attachment. And when, the more we feed it, the more it wants, right? So, so that treadmill, you know, race, uh, going around a circle or, or, you know, running in, in, in one place, it just becomes endless, and for me, that's also what I mean by self-improvement projects. So it's almost like we have to lose attachment or a thirst for this, which, you know, f- for me personally, that was hard, you know, having that recognition uh, a-, a while back, many years ago. And, and it was painful because there's, there's a sense of having to leap into the unknown. There's a sense of having to, to leap into some uncertainty there where it's like, okay, my relationship to... Um, working with my thoughts, emotions, uh, you know, communication in my relationships, my work, all my, you know, the things in my life, it, it's not working, you know, and, and, and going on the treadmill of sort of trying to bolster and find more control or more, you know, security in, in a relationship to a, a singular type of self, um, it's not working anymore. You know, you know, that was a recognition at some point for me. Of course, I have to have that recognition again and again. It wasn't a singular like, oh, you know, we default, right? I default back to old habit patterns. But um, yeah, I just wanted to share some ideas here uh, with you for your reflection on this, especially this this relationship to um, enhancement of self versus the pursuit of understanding one's own human condition from an intention of care and love for oneself and others. So just before we close, um, one last thing I'll, I'll share is, is kind of this, this movement of, because some of you might be wondering, well, well, what should I do? And, you know, I don't know, you're going to have to go on your own personal exploration. Um, but what I found kind of universal and both you can find in many religious traditions and spiritual traditions, as well as in, in secular thought and, and philosophy, is this sense of interconnection and, and also what I call being. Being for me is, you know, for me, meditation helps me uh, to be because uh, a lot of the time I just don't want to be, right? I just want to, I want to do, I want to become. Where being is almost like doing nothing. Uh, I'm not saying like it doesn't mean literally doing nothing, but there's no sense of needing to become. There's no sense of um, needing to prove oneself, right? Which is, again, is that game of the treadmill, which is being fueled by hollowness and un- unworthiness. So for me, being is, is a great remedy. Um, you know, like I said, the, the, I use Buddhist meditation for that, uh, to train in, in awareness so that I can just be with awareness in a very simple way. Uh, it's not so flashy. It's, it's challenging. It's a challenging practice, um, but it's very helpful. And from being, 
interconnection can take place, uh, which again is, I think, the antithesis of self-improvement because it's not so focused on self. It's focused on, 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 on the we, on the us. It's focused on the universal that I am, you are in connection with the world around us. We're being influenced by it. We're influencing it. All of that. And so a, a sense of, you know, interconnection and being is not just a magical thing we we sort of come into by chance. It's something we 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 can practice. It's something we can train in. So what I recommend uh, just before for closing this talk is that um, instead of putting energy into the wellness treadmill and the uh, you know the the sense of of that we're always in self improvement mode, put energy into interconnection and being. You know. Like I said, I recommend some kind of a meditation, mindful awareness practice to help you do that. But also we, we do need some components of understanding a, a little bit more as well. Often it's, you know, meditation practice alone, it depends on the person, won't often kind of fully allow us to connect with that view. We need some kind of perspective or view. And so, um, yeah, there's lots of, lots of, you know, great wisdom out there on this, uh, both from, from, you know, ancient spiritual traditions and, and modern thinkers on interconnection and being. So go seek that out, you know, seek more ways to practice this, this healthy sense of, or this pursuit of understanding your own human condition from a, a place of love for yourself, not hollowness, not, you know, a lack, but a sense that, you know, the reason we can find interconnection and being, and the reason we can, come to find peace is because we are peace, right? That, that's, that's a fundamental belief in Buddhism. I'm not sure in, in other traditions, um, but I, I've come to think of it as true. And, and again, it's not a dogma, something you're going to have to reflect on for yourself. But it's that process of churning interconnection and being as opposed to self-improvement driven by hollowness that has helped me to, to come more to, to trust that, I guess, is more what it is. It's not about belief so much for me. It's more about, like, what do I trust? Where am I going to put my time and energy uh, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all of that? So anyways, um, thanks so much. Yeah, I really appreciate you checking this out if you stay to the end. <laughs> thanks so much for um, for that. Um, feel free to leave some comments for me if you're watching on YouTube or if you're, you're watching somewhere else or, or on my podcast. Um, yeah, feel free to reach out, leave some leave some feedback for me on my website. You can contact me at scotttusa.com. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Thanks so much. <laughs>